0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Indian Opinion. We have our fourth episode today and we have a lot to talk about. We have the Premier League, we have a lot of European Leagues that have begun. Uh, We also had the Carabao Cup and we also had a few Europa League qualifiers and we also had the UEFA Super Cup last night. So a lot of things to talk about. Let's start with the Premier League. What was your opinion on this very high scoring league?
1: Yeah, it was very, very, very high scoring. Uh, the highest scoring week in the history of the Premier League, I think so, with 44 yeah. goals. And uh, the top six teams continue to deliver while. Uh, while some of the teams which were not expected to deliver also produced some shocks. Like, for example, Crystal Palace produced, I think, one of the shocks of the season in in the earliest part against Manchester United. I felt that Manchester United would have been back to win that match because their overall team structure and the incoming uh and the incoming transfer of Bruno Fernandez had all but changed their dynamics and all that and, they were, they were an improved team after the COVID break, but again, it was very, very sluggish from them.
0: Yeah, and the improvement was there after the COVID break for Manchester United, but this year they've not made any new signings except Vanderbeek.
1: Yeah, like, yeah you can like... see
0: that they're lacking in centre back, which I think Maguire and Lindelof is not a good partnership. Yeah, I don't true. know. I don't think they work well together.
1: I, I think you also I, I have... think Maguire is a ba- is like a guaranteed starter in the Manchester United team, but I'm not sure about Lindelof. I think I think they need a better centre back. I think even Spurs have been doing better business than Manchester United, which is very very surprising, especially when you look at uh, the usual trend of Spurs in the transfer market.
0: And I think Lindelof was at fault for all of the goals yeah, yesterday. True. And if you look at Crystal Palace, they've switched from their 5-4-1 they were playing last year to a 4-4-2. And you almost saw a complete dominance offensively. You always had Schlup and Townsend going up the wing and then Zaha and Ayu cutting inside and they created... They didn't have the ball for the majority of the game, but when they had the ball... They always created some good chances. And I think we don't remember the Zaha goal which went offside. And then they had another good chance. So, it shows up as 3-1 but it could have easily have been 5-1 or 6-1. Yeah,
1: it was either that Crystal Palace are a much improved and better side under Roy Hodgson. Or it was Manchester United was really bad under Sox. But I think it was... I think it was part and part where Man United played really bad and Crystal Palace played better than the previous seasons.
0: Yeah, and why I'm not getting too overly optimistic about Crystal Palace is every year we have at least one team that starts the season very well. I think I remember in 2018-19, Watford got off to a very good start and then they fade. And the problem with teams like crystal palace is they don't have much depth in their squad they rely on a few players for example zaha and they are going to dip in form but it can be uh it can be a team that takes away points from the top six or the top 10 and we saw we saw that with crystal palace who took away three points from united we saw that with was the other we saw that with Everton who took away points from Spurs? So we have probably a more competitive Premier League,
1: yeah. Maybe or it might be one of those Premier Leagues where the top six fight it out against, fight, fight it out again for the uh, for the Premier League, uh, for the Premier League title. But I don't think it's gonna be like that. There are surely some challengers like uh for example even Leeds United might pop up as like a surprise challenger for the title. I don't know. Like
0: Yeah, and I'm not saying they them. won't. Yeah. But it's tough for teams like Leeds United to have the consistency to play 38 games and win more than half, you know. I think last year we saw the similar similar situation where we had Wolves, Sheffield, Burnley and Southampton take away points from the top six and that's why you had sixth place at 66 points while in the previous year you had six uh, sorry you had third place at 66 points while the previous year you had third at 72 and in the 17-18 season it was 77 so it's a more competitive league where the teams after liverpool and manchester city are not able to produce the same amount of consistency that they do. You know? Yeah, you talk about Liverpool and Man City going on these unbeaten runs, right?
1: See but if you ask me, even Manchester City are not the most consistent team. They didn't show that Yeah, last See, year they, they were not consistent. They they lost I think they lost yeah. Uh, they lost to Wolves twice. They lost they lost they lost some silly matches which they were supposed to win. The problem yeah. with Manchester City is that Okay, they have the depth. But this season, they had the depth last season, but still lost. And this season, they don't have the depth, if you ask me. If you look at uh, Guardiola's recent interview, he admitted that he just has 13 players who are fit and he has to take in academy players. That's like a first for Manchester City. And I think.
0: Manchester City are consistent in that they've gotten 80-plus the points in the last three seasons, which no other team has done, and I think they will do that again this year. But you look at Manchester City in 2017 and 1819, 19 their squad had a few players who were not the best. For example, I always remember them having uh, Zabaleta, players like that, you know, who were just playing maybe fight and games but you need them for those fight and games. And now you have an amazing squad. But you look past that squad and you notice that there is a lack of quality after. For example, I look at uh, Manchester City's bench against Wolves. You have Zach Steffen, who is a youth player. Ferran Torres, new signing. Mahrez Otamendi, two experienced players. And then you have Delap, Doyle and Burnaby, who are all youth players. So you have one, you have two experienced players, one new signing and four academy players
1: and it's no surprise that... I don't deny that, like they don't have depth, but you, the academy players might come up and actually surprise us. They might actually do well, but... The academy players
0: are very good, but do they have the consistency and do they have the fitness to play 10, 15 games? Or even twenty games, and for example, in the game against Bournemouth, their team had let me just count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven out of eleven starters were from the academy and have played fewer than five matches. See that might, but they still won. You know, no, I'm not saying Manchester City's academy is bad. They are a very good team. Uh, Like their academy probably has some brilliant young players, like we've seen Ford and come from the last exactly, two, three years, yeah. how he has performed. But you can't expect a full team, right? I They are going to get injuries. Manchester City have uh, had a very bad record with injuries. You know, Aguero, for example, is injured. Gabriel Jesus gets injured a lot. Benjamin Mendy gets injured. LeBron has injury issues. They've lost Leroy Sané. I just feel that uh, this team can lose a lot of points with a few injuries. They've lost David Silva, company, in the last two years. They've lost two of their most senior leaders. Yeah, yeah, true. And now they have Fernandinho as their captain. But is Fernandinho the type of leader compared to company or David Silva? We'll have to see that.
1: Yeah, I I feel Fernandinho is a more than capable leader and and if you look at the transfer gossip going around in uh, in many uh in many football publications, it says that Manchester City apparently had a 85 billion bid for. Jose Maria Jiménez rejected by Atletico Madrid. £85 for Jose Maria Jiménez, that's a lot of money if you ask me, especially in this pandemic
0: crash. But I think Manchester City, as soon as they get a few of their players like Aguero and Bernardo Silva back from injury and then they buy, I think they are going to buy at least two more players. It will be a much better squad. Yeah, so you, can, currently, you can surely yeah.
1: expect like a centre-back signing by the end of the I think, I think either Kulibali
0: or Jimenez and then possibly one more player, I think, is realistic. If you look at Manchester City's injuries, they have Aguero, Gondogan and Zinchenko out. Those three are very important to the squad, especially Aguero. And then two more players. So, it's not all doom and gloom. And obviously, I think the biggest player uh, to look at during Manchester City season is Foden. I think Guardiola last year did not trust him to play a lot. He came on as a sub in most Premier League games. Let me just try to find the exact number. This
1: year it will be like the exact opposite because yeah, Guardiola he just yeah.
0: Is it that Guardiola does not have any other option or does he trust him
1: more? I don't know. I, 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 don't I, think, know. I think it's the other way around. Like, he doesn't have any other option. Maybe he can try Bernardo Silva in the place where Ford is playing. I don't know. That might be an option for Guardiola. But I don't think he has any other option but play Ford in the main team.
0: Yeah, and Ford only made five Premier League starts last year, I think. Oh no, 23, sorry. Uh, he made only twenty-three star, uh, twenty-three appearances, out of which I think at least sixty-five to seventy percent are subs. So I think Guardiola does have the trust in Foden, and it's up to Foden to repay that trust, especially after what happened to him in Iceland, etc. So it's now really up to Foden to prove that he can lead this, uh, not lead, but be a be the new star and he's already scored uh, 2 and he's two. actually 2-2 two two so far so he's on a good run with the team Mason Green would also score for Manchester United in the EFL the Cup. Cup we'll speak about that a little later back to the Premier League another team I want to look at is Chelsea and they obviously lost at the weekend to Liverpool I think they were they didn't create many chances but
1: uh, it actually looked promising to me in the first yeah, half. Like, I don't
0: think, yeah, in the first half, it's not like they were amazing, but they were not looking like they were conceding a goal.
1: No, but uh, Liverpool, they Liverpool were, too, were not like Liverpool yeah. didn't, play, didn't play their best football in the first half, and then Chelsea got reduced to 10 men. Uh, so
0: the red then, card you know, and the combination of defensive errors from Kepa... yeah.
1: yeah. And combined
0: now, for. a is
1: going to get uh, replaced by Eduard Mendy. Like that's that's pretty obvious from the early side. And
0: imagine if Eduard Mendy flops.
1: See, you you can't you can't classify Eduard Mendy. I'm, I'm flop already, but
0: yeah, I'm so, not saying. But he's going to have so much pressure on him because you know Keppa already has some pressure because he's classified as a bad keeper and he's making a lot of mistakes. How much pressure will there be on Mendy now? Because he has to replace that. He has to be better. And he makes even one small mistake, Oh, Kepa two point two, you know. It's and then the messages come, and then I don't want that to happen. I think I don't wish any ill will, but it's going to be tough for Mendy. Yeah. And one more yeah. problem but, I but, have but you, with
1: yeah, yeah, I know, I I can understand that like Mendy is might have these problems and all that, but. Surprisingly, he's not like an out-of-the-blue signing for Chelsea. It's actually a signing which has been planned out for a long period of time. He's been scouted for the last two years by Peter Check himself. And and Check has... And I think you can expect a similar gameplay from like... Uh, uh, Mendy, which is like really similar to Czech, because if you look at Czech culture, Czech came from Rene, uh, Stad Rene. He had a similar style where he rushed at the striker, and that's what even Mendy does. But however, he has a lot to learn, as you said. And, and one my party... pro- yeah,
0: I'll speak about my two issues with Mendy. Number one, he turns 29 in March, and I know we have a few keepers like Neuer. For example, but if you look at Czech, how old was he when he left Chelsea? But it was he very, very that.
1: late in his career.
0: Um, See. He left Chelsea in 2014, so he would have been uh, 32. So, 3 you're going to get three years of Mendy, and then probably three good years, and then you have to find a new keeper. And you've already spent 110 million pounds on keepers and then you have to buy a new one i thought they would have gone for a younger keeper who can possibly give them instead of three years maybe 10 years you know protect their you know you spend 80 million once and you make the mistake okay but then you buy someone else who you don't have to spend another you don't have to buy another keeper for 10 years
1: no and my see, other problem yeah. It, it only doesn't okay. matter like if, if the person's young and all that. Like eight is just a number, like that's that's true for football as well. Like yeah. you can see you can see multiple players like Ibra- Ibrahimovic and all that who are thirty nine years old and are still performing. But as you say as you talk as you're talking about Mendy, he is twenty eight. And if you look at a majority of the Premier League clubs, that's been the trend. Like uh let's take the example of like Alisson, Edison, and all that. They're, they're pretty old now. And if you ask me...
0: Yeah. Uh, I... Alisson is now 27 but he was only 24 when City bought him. So, if he leaves Manchester City at the age of 32, he he'll has played 8 years for Manchester City. And 8 years, how much did they pay for him? 35 million? Okay. 3 years, 35 million? He, he... And one more problem with He's Mendy
1: not going to play for two he years. Did. He's staying for five years. At yeah. And another problem with buying a young goalkeeper is that, okay, um, I understand the, uh, like idea behind like a young goalkeeper and all that. But the problem with a young goalkeeper is that he might deliver, he might not deliver. But see, if you look at Mendy, his style of play is very, very, very similar to Czech. And I think he will deliver personally. But it's a move with its own pros and cons as you're talking about it.
0: Yeah. And obviously, League One got shut down earlier last year. It only had twenty-four games played. Yeah. So Mendy has not played a proper match since February or March. So it'll be—is it? It'll be tough for uh, Chelsea fans to expect him to start immediately. Does yeah. he have the full fitness?
1: That, that's why I, I think, think so? Lampard's and Czech's trust comes into play. Like. Yeah, I think he might
0: struggle with fitness. I I don't know, and he's and one more thing, he's just played a he's just played one hundred and fifty games in his whole career almost. See, but I think I don't know. He might. I don't know, but you have to see. I I don't want to say he's going to be. Hopefully, he's going to be a good signing for Chelsea. But there are a lot of pros and a few cons as well. With edward mendy and
1: then another interesting very 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 cheap deal if you ask me for five years 20 million that's a good deal if you ask me especially for mendy apparently also like uh like had attracted interest from a few other clubs as well like so that's a good deal but let's see. see
0: i don't know which other big club are looking for a keeper
1: i don't know maybe there are multiple clubs. Maybe even uh, Inter Milan were looking at multiple keepers because like Handanovic is aging and surely they need a replacement. And if you and if you look at uh, Inter Milan, they're, they're looking to spend. I don't know. That's been a sudden trend, especially since Conte has gone there.
0: Yeah. And also speaking on Inter Milan, we saw that they improved a lot last year with Conte and they got to the Europa League semi-final and they placed just a few points behind uh, Juventus. But now my problem with Inter Milan is that they have a team which is good. But do they have a team that can beat Juventus? Because Juventus has spent Juventus has spent a lot of money. Inter Milan has spent a lot of money as well they brought in Hakimi
1: they brought in who have Juventus brought in like they, brought,
0: they brought, I, like I the remember team. they brought in two they brought in at least two three players right. and we have to remember last year Diwala was not fully fit so this year and they only started playing well when Diwala came back so one minute you Inter Milan have brought in Hakimi Nicolò Barella Sensi Kolarov. Colerab, I don't understand. They've paid these around 36. They brought in Arturo Vidal. They brought in Darian Malis. I don't know who that is. A uh, lot of players. A mix Juventus? of young. And, I don't think yeah. Juventus, have brought, Juventus have brought in Arthur. They brought in yeah, Arthur. They brought in Morata. They brought in Weston McKinney. Yeah, and McKinney is a good signing. And they've... Uh,
1: I think that's,
0: uh, uh, and they've gotten a lot of their uh, unfit players back this year. For example, Ramsey last year, not fit. He's playing Andy See, Bala. The so, problem
1: with, with Juventus is that is Morata an ideal signing for 10 million a year on a loan? No, if you ask me, he's not. He's not proven himself anywhere. And why would you bring back a player who has just been sold to another club and the club is ready to offload and that itself shows bad signs for Juventus. And Astrid, if you ask me, is just yeah. a replacement for Bianic. And they have yeah. two similars. And players.
0: obviously, yeah, Inter Milan won three nil, uh, 7 nil, Sorry, at the weekend. And Christian Eriksson scored. A club friendly. These... That
1: was a club friendly. Not was late. that a friendly? Yeah. Oh,
0: I thought friendly. that was the lead so oh juventus have played and they obviously i i saw the highlights of that game they won 3-0 ronaldo uh with the goal and it seems to be that syria is slowly becoming a bit more competitive and i know another milan team that has been very active ac milan they have been very active in this transfer window they've tried to bring in players of the highest quality and the first name I can think of is Tonali. Yeah. No. And then they've also brought in Rabic from Frankfurt.
1: Yeah, but they I, got. I think I they think, got Yeah. Go on.
0: they got Brahim Diaz from uh, Madrid. Real Madrid on loan. They brought in a few more players I don't know exactly, but for a team that has recently started hopefully a new era where recruitment is more important. It it's seems that that hopefully we have a team like AC Milan and Inter Milan catching up with uh Juventus.
1: Yeah, that will be good signs. But I feel that like one of the main players who shaped this change is uh, Ibrahimovic, his return yeah. to like AC Milan has been like one of the most revolutionary stories, and like recently tested positive I think, so for coronavirus or something. And I think Inter Milan will miss him in their game. Sorry, AC Milan will miss him in their game against like uh, Florentina, which is their opening game week. I don't know how they're gonna cope up if Ibrahimovic. Yeah, they will
0: miss him a, a lot, game, I think. But something. what? Is going to be important. Is can they find a leader without him? Because we all know that Zlatan is such a big part of any club he goes to, right? Yeah,
1: true. So
0: it's going to be difficult to see whether they can survive without him. Yeah,
1: there's uh, Kalinaju as well, who's been for who's been at the club for a long time. And surely a very, very, very good player and very experienced and is suited to the ideology of the club. And I think he can take on the leadership role if Latin's missing or something.
0: And another exciting player is Daniel Maldini, who's the son of... Uh, obviously, Maldini. the son of Paolo Maldini, the great player. And unlike Paolo and his father, who both played for Milan as defenders, he's a... Sort of an attacking midfielder winger is that what I remember? Yeah, so he plays. It's gonna be interesting to see him play. Yeah,
1: he looks good. He, he's a really really good player, and I hope he doesn't turn out like Cliver, who, who was just who which which just looked like somewhat like a deal which was created by Roma just because he was Patrick Cliver's son. He didn't play well at all. I hope Daniel Maldini plays plays like up to his father or
0: grandfather's potential. Hopefully. And you know, players who have a famous father, I'm sure if Ronaldo or Messi's children come into football, they'll have so much immense pressure to live up to that and perform at that level. And I don't think that's fair. You know, I hope, I don't know, I think at least one of Ronaldo or Messi's son, like combined, one of them will go into football. Yeah, sure. I don't know who it is, but yeah, and and, and there
1: are a few examples who have done well, even though their fathers had played, like in football at the highest level. Daughter, like for example, Haland, Even his father used to play professional football, but he's done well. If you ask me, I don't take the pressure pressures.
0: Yeah, but I'm not. Sure. Do you think Haland's foot father is at the level of Messi, no, no, Ronaldo? No. He's not so. Okay, let's move on from the Syria to another league, which is struggling for competitiveness in the last few years. League One. Who do you think can challenge PSG if there will be a challenge? Obviously, we know that PSG uh, lost a few games and uh, etc. But they're obviously not going to yeah, have that back. bad run of form throughout the season. What?
1: Like, I- I'm sure they're going to come back from that. Whatever the Defeat or something, and I think they won three recently when what's the name Uh, Mbappé came back and played for PSG and all that. But I think it's going to be a closer season than usual. I'm not sure, but my instinct says it's going to be a closer season. And I think if there's a challenge, it's going to be from three clubs mainly Uh, first is Olympique Lyon, second is Marseille, and third is René. Like, Rene have, like, an exciting fold of young players like Camavinga and all that. So, I think Rene can challenge for the title this season.
0: Okay, and it's going to be interesting to see League 1 because we never know what to expect from them. We don't know which team are going to have a good year. Like, for example, in uh, 16-17, Monaco won the league. Obviously, that was a big shock. They had so many... But they had so many good players like Bernardo. Mbappé, Bakayoko. You know, I look back at that Monaco team. They were so good, you know. Uh, they, so many world-class players have come out from that team.
1: I think even party was in that team, right? Thomas party
0: oh, No, I don't think so. Let me just... Uh, I'll just find out who was in that team. But it was a great team. They scored 107 Premier League... Uh, sorry, League One goals, which I think was the record. And they had... Just, I think they. it's just just a a year where they had so many players who suddenly became superstars. And let me just find the list. Okay. Subasic, who is the Croatian keeper, who currently plays for, uh, he's a free agent. But anyway, Fabinho at Liverpool, Falcao. Amazing. Bernardo Silva yeah. who's now at Man City. Bakeyoko, who was is at Chelsea, he dropped at Chelsea, but still. CD Bay, who now plays for
1: Burton, Everton,
0: Everton. Oh no, he still plays for Monaco. No
1: no no he plays for Oh Everton. he's he's
0: on loan. He was on loan at Everton.
1: Everton.
0: Yeah. Then they had Benjamin Mendy again uh Man City. They had Lamar, who's a flop at Madrid, but still a good player for them. Mbappe, we all know him. Anyone else I can think of? Diallo, who's now at PSG.
1: In the end, that's a good team. Like We can come to the conclusion that Monaco had one of like the best teams possible. And imagine what would have happened if they retained these players. like. It's like one of those Southampton teams, I think. So when it comes to the Premier League, like Southampton had some of like the best players in the league, like
0: Mane, like, Van Dijk, uh, Chamberlain. Yeah, and, uh,
1: and they sold all of them. Bale. Yes. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Walcott,
1: which is yeah. like really a regret. If you ask me for the manager and the club itself, so let's see like how the season goes on and all that for Monaco, like. Right? Um, yeah, like Monaco surely not going to challenge for the title this year, they've become more like a club which have been threatened with relegation rather than challenging for the title. So it'll be yeah. very, very, very surprising if I see them like challenging for the title and all that.
0: Yeah, I don't um, think you going to challenge for the title looking back at that team, uh, such a sort of special. Team to see you know because we normally don't have one team like that with so many good players i mean i don't think we've had any teams like that for the last few years you know, I-, I actually you know with delit and they with zh but you know we always have one of those teams every few years that suddenly has these influx of youth
1: yeah like that's absolutely true now i think we can move on to like a very 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 exciting league and one which actually has the champions of Europe in it, like the Bundesliga.
0: Is it going to be exciting? I don't know, but I just see Bayern running away with the league.
1: No, and- I, I, I think I think Bayern are shot by around four to five players, if you ask me. like I think Bayern's main focus is again going to be the Champions League. And I think uh, Dortmund can challenge... Dortmund and even maybe Leipzig. My challenge for like the title. I was watching the Super Cup match yesterday between uh, Bayern and Sevilla. Did Bayern look the team which uh, defeated Barcelona eight two? I don't think so. That wasn't uh, that wasn't the best bit of play from Bayern I've seen in recent times.
0: Yeah, but for the, I, I, why I'm talking. I don't know about Europe. I don't think I don't know if they're going to retain the Champions League. But speaking specifically about the Bundesliga, they beat Schalke 8 nil and Schalke finished last season in 12th. So, they're beating a mid-table team 8 nil They're probably beating 18th place team 10 you know, Ten-nil. But, you know, the only serious competitor we always think of is going to be Borussia Dortmund. And you think back to the... 20 sort of 2015 season to find the last time they sort of challenged Bayern since then, you know, 2016-17 64 points and then you had 55 points and then you had 76 in 2018-19 but I don't I don't know. 2018-19 was a uh, hopeful year for Dortmund but it's going to be very tough. And then again last year, say 69 points. So, it seems that it's getting tougher and tougher to beat Bayern, especially in Germany. And yeah. hopefully, we do see a competitive Bundesliga, but I highly doubt it.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's overall, it's been an interesting week of football. A lot of goals in all the leagues, except Atletico Madrid, who... I don't think we'll, we're ever going to expect goals from but obviously they brought in Suarez now but I don't know will they will they start scoring with Suarez I don't think see, so but...
1: like um maybe if like uh, see it's Atletico's style of play cannot be changed by one player coming in it's something that Simeone has always inculcated in his play that's like defend, 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 and then counter-attack when you get the chance. And it has worked for them, surprisingly. I don't think Simeone is going to change his style of play just because Suarez is coming. That will be really surprising to see.
0: 27 goals last year. I still can't believe that when I saw it. Very, very... I think to put that into context, 27 league goals for a third-place team in the Premier League, if I'm oh, or, or uh, if in the Champions League Bayern Munich scored 24 goals in the group stage, right? So Bayern Munich scored three fewer goals in six games than Atletico Madrid did in 27 games. So we have to see their defense is amazing, they do have the best defense in the league for the last few years.
1: Maybe consistent. even the best defense in Europe. I don't know, but I feel they have the best defense in Europe. When you have Deadless. a player,
0: yeah, when you have a player scoring more than the club, you know something's wrong. Yeah. Right. But anyway, that's it for today's episode. I hope you all enjoyed it, and we'll come back next week with we'll be discussing. We have a few interesting games. We have Barcelona's first game under Coleman. so we'll be able to see what his tactics and plan are. And we will also have
1: Arsenal-Liverpool,
0: which is an exciting game. But we'll also have a few more of big teams start to play, like Real Madrid. And who else? Juventus will start playing again, I think. And so all the leagues will have begun properly. So by the time the next episode comes out. So it's going to be a very interesting week to watch. So again, thank you for watching and we'll talk to you next episode. Goodbye.